Hello, and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of The Living Spirit, Answers for Healing and Infinite Love, and today welcome Sally J. Duffel, author of Grow Your Own HRT, who suggests if you are a woman of a certain age and feeling menopausal, you might want to forget expensive hormone replacement therapy and consider growing your own HRT. Hello, mm-hmm. Sally, and thank you for joining us today to discuss remedies for a natural tra- transition from childbearing years to menopause, which can be more symptom and anxiety-free if thought of with right thinking and a good understanding of the natural process. So thank you Indeed. very much. Yeah. Oh, it's completely my pleasure to be here and to talk to you. Sally, as listeners of Healing from Within are well aware, my guests and I share intimate experiences and new insights into moving past duality to know our combined spiritual and physical life issues so we may improve the quality of health, prosperity, and life in general, utilizing intuitive wisdom. In today's episode of Healing from Within, we will receive instructions on how to grow hormone-rich plants in just minutes a day. Sally also explains how to self-diagnose how much to take and which sprouts to grow for which symptoms you may or may not have as a result of the changing hormonal structure of your body. Plus, the book also contains studies on how sprouted foods can help not only with menopausal symptoms, but for cancer, heart disease, osteoporosis, diabetes, and autism. Sally, I always love to ask my guests to think back Mm -hmm. to, to their childhood or earlier life and try to remember a person, place, or event that may have made an impression on you, which may have guided you to find your life, work, interest, or to lead the lifestyle you're living now, as I believe uh, our life path and destiny are there with us at the beginning, and the adult we will become is already imprinted in our whole energy system. So tell us something. When I was very young, I had an imaginary friend um, who I believe now um, was a kind of guiding force for me because I was a very lonely child um, and I wasn't very happy. But um, now when I do meditation, it's almost like I'm my own imaginary friend and I go back and see my child self and um, that's very powerful. Absolutely. Well, what Mm. you were was a gifted, sensitive child still connected to universal energy or source and Mm. I was the same way and it is a great gift and uh, we're a little different than other children who who are more of the physical world. So often we seek out adults and uh, we're observing and we're understanding on an inner spiritual level some things that we might not like very much in what we see. And that makes us a little bit uh, wary of how life is and how we want it to be. So that's the source of, I believe, the soul uh, hmm. maybe an older soul who's had more experience just being aware of the physical difficulties in a physical world. So let's go on to uh, hmm. why would we choose to grow our own HRT and why do more Western women seem 
to have a bad time during menopause more than the Eastern Well, that's women. become very obvious now because the Japanese women who we first looked at when Western women started getting a lot more menopause symptoms and Japanese women weren't, there's been quite a lot of experiments done. And um, basically, if Japanese women start eating a highly processed westernized diet they start getting menopause symptoms and not only that it, the other diseases of aging such as osteoporosis cancer and dementia always always go along with that as well and so in Japan now no matter how rich or supposedly modern they are they are trying to stick to their traditional diet because that's the one that keeps them healthy um, and there's been a quite recent study um, again, on Japanese women, that shows if um, if you're on a very simple diet, you've got an 83% less chance of getting cancer than someone on a highly processed junk diet. Yes, mm-hmm. that's a because that, I read quite a lot of statistics, and you get oh, you know, there's 10% of this and 13%, but they've got 83%. That's a more, big percent. <laughs> Yeah, more chance of getting cancer off if you're on a, a highly westernized diet and those menopause symptoms go along with that. So we know for sure it's about diet now. Okay. So it's just... Yeah, you also just, mentioned, this was very interesting and I don't want to miss it here, Jenny mm-hmm. Murray in her book, Is It Me or Is It Hot in Here? She talks yeah. about the supply of eggs and the pituitary gland and the production mm-hmm. of F. FSH. Uh, so tell us, if that's working properly, according to her, then we won't have the symptoms either, along with diet. Right. This is the what the HRT industry tell us about menopause symptoms, that when our brain asks our ovaries to produce um, certain hormones or to produce an egg, if the, ho- if the ovaries respond, then the brain's quite happy. If the ovaries can't, they send more messages through the, watch, yeah, the HPA as it's called, but there's no, we don't have to get technical. Um, and in keep sending these messages, um, that's when we get the side effects. The hot flushes are the side effects of that. But yeah, that because they're just aren't enough, the eggs there have been used up or, or well, slowing down production. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, that's what's part of the problem here. Yeah, so that's when um, ovaries aren't working properly. Mm -hmm. Now, a healthy ovary, and the fertility industry have discovered this, that a healthy ovary will work all our lives and always give the brain what it asks for. And it's the brain that slowly says, okay, now it's time to wind down for menopause. In the same way that the brain tells the ovaries when to start puberty and then, you know, 40 years later tells it now it's time to wind down so as long as the ovaries are working they'll always provide what the brain wants and that's when you can have a natural menopause good now, yes that's what we yes. want for, for more yeah. people so, and you don't get the side effects and it's when the ovaries are not working so well that you get side effects and that's why the next question for women when they get problems is not should I take HRT it should be what's going to make my ovaries work again excellent now there may be two ways to menopause and mm-hmm. most people don't mention the second one we you talk that's about it's not known yes Robert 
Robert Wilson, who published his book, Feminine Forever, he mm -hmm. stated that all women needed to take hormone replacement mm -hmm. therapy. Uh, mm. But even so, not everybody believed him, of course. I was one Luckily. of those who didn't really yeah, believe Yeah, because this was in the that, 60s. Yeah. This was in the 60s when it first all came out. I mean, nobody, no doctor would dream of saying that now. And his book was sponsored by the pharmaceutical companies that created mm -hmm. the pills. So nobody would ever dream of saying that now. The rules are very different, and um, they look at all your risk factors and your age. And I think if you're over 60, they will not prescribe it for you. Um, no, no. So, yeah, now they know to if they have to use it at all, it's short term. Yes. But you don't. Yes. If you if you start to use uh, the right diet and sup, not supplements, even natural uh, hormone replacement, not even plant food, exactly. uh, yeah. you're going to to have a much different response to menopause and to being yes. healthy after menopause. So it seems. The Western diet we know is very different from Eastern health directives, and this is mm -hmm. a cause for many reactions in the body. And it was found by researcher Margaret Locke, who you mentioned, who studied mm -hmm. Japanese women. They didn't even have a word for menopause, <laughs> and no, they didn't no. know the symptoms. So what was the diet that they used and the plants that they used to, to be healthy? Okay, so they have a diet rich in um, all sorts of plant hormones because, first of all, when those studies came out, they said, oh, it's just soya because soya's got plant estrogen. But actually, they've got seaweed, which is um, full of plant estrogen in the form of lignans. They've got um, uh, lots of vegetables in their diet, and they're very strong on mung beans. They um, grow them um, into sprouted form, into long sprouted form, and they're really rich in kumastrol, which is the richest form of plant estrogen. So they had a whole load of things going on in their diet um, that we, we can mimic. Um, we can grow sprouted foods. And in fact, we didn't, in the West, we didn't have a word for menopause until 1821. So we, uh, we were just um, the first generation that started to modernize because 1821 is 20 years into the Industrial Revolution when everything started to change and people started to move to cities and diets became poorer. Mm. So, so if we look at what um, Western societies used to eat, and we used to eat a diet rich in plant hormones as well because we used to have peas and beans with everything. It, we didn't have as much meat. Everything was bulked out. And we had old-fashioned dishes um, called lentils and hock, ham and peas, potage, mushy peas with everything, peas pudding. Um, and so our own diet was rich in plant hormones as well. And we used to sprout. We used to sprout cress, um, which was rich in plant progesterone. Um, and so we, there's, there's health in almost every culture. If you look at every successful culture, they've always got a rich tradition of plant hormones. Right. Um, and what I learned from reading your book was that crest and mustard contain lignans, and mm -hmm. other, other lignans are found in whole grains like beans, berries, nuts, and seeds, and especially yes. flaxseed known as linseed. You know, my doctor yes. for years was telling me to take flaxseed, and I couldn't mm -hmm. figure out how to use it, what to do with it, because she didn't really explain to me what to do with it. Uh, oh. and also alfalfa sprouts, I still don't know exactly how to use it. 
But okay. she, every time I went there, she would say, yeah, yeah, flaxseed, flaxseed. So, okay, well, I can tell you about flaxseed. Um, okay. You, you need to grind it up because it will go straight through you um, if you don't. Um, and um, all seeds contain some kind of toxins in their, um, in their outer shells. So with flaxseeds, um, the Oncology Today website recommends you only have a couple of tablespoons a day. But you can sprout flaxseed, um, and the sprouting process will get rid of any toxins, and it increases the uh, plant estrogen, the lignans in it, which is wonderful. Um, and it, it gives you a whole post of other beneficial um, vitamins and minerals. And the bread industry are actually looking into sprouting uh, flax to add to their to their breads, because at the moment they just put the, the raw seed in, and sprouting is much better. And, uh, yeah, flax seeds are the richest source of plant estrogen in the whole world, even more than soya. Mm, okay, thank you. Now I understand what she was saying to me. Now mm. let's go on to progesterone. Uh, we mm. need we need to, you know, most people hear about estrogen, and we're going to talk about the three main kinds of estrogen that are necessary mm. for all her life. But tell us something about progesterone, because that's also important. And if that's not working properly, we're going to have other problems. So tell us something about that. Oh, progesterone is, well, it's estrogen's partner, basically. They are yin and yang. Um, whereas estrogen, so say with bone building, estrogen comes along and uh, gets rid of tiny damaged parts of the bone takes them out and progesterone comes along and fills them in mm. so you can see how important it is and without um, enough progesterone you're going to end up with osteoporosis so progesterone is hugely important it, for fertile women um, it's progesterone that that says okay now there's no baby now it's time to have a period um, and to uh, where and mm. to clear out the excess cells in the womb. Yeah, and to clear out excess estrogen. So estrogen builds up the womb, right. um, gets the egg ready, and then progesterone monitors all this. And if there's no baby there, it says, okay, now it's time to, to menstruate. And if, if we don't have progesterone, we, we don't know when to menstruate, um, which leads to long cycles, which leads to all those illnesses, fibroids, polycystic ovaries, mm. all those horrible things. So progesterone is hugely important, and we didn't know there was such a thing as plant progesterone until the last um, five, six years, which is incredible because we've known about plant estrogen for over 100 years now. Um, so which plants but, should we ingest for progesterone levels to okay. be good? So the, the top one, strangely, is capers, um, uh, which are a sort of little-known uh, are they a kind of bean or berry? Um, but in terms of vegetables, it's um, the brassica vegetables such as broccoli, kale, and these are the ones um, you can sprout too. So that's why cress, because cress is a brassica vegetable, and uh, sprouted broccoli, they've all got quite high amounts of um, plant progesterone in them. Right. And it's a great, great way to sprinkle it on your food. And also red clover which is rich in plant estrogen, has plant progesterone as well. And so that's not a surprise that that's been used for menstrual problems for thousands of years because it's got both of them in there. 
Um, so for, with one sprinkle, you're, you're getting both plant hormones, which is fantastic. Excellent, excellent. So there are three main kinds of estrogen. Tell us about mm-hmm. that, because they're all okay. important. They they are because so there's the ones that the uh, that fertile women make so that's um, and there's the one there's a slightly slightly so it's hard to get there called estriol estriol and estrione yes <laughs> but you don't have to rem- you don't have to remember all of that so there is what what's exciting to know is there's a special older lady estrogen and that's estriol. Okay, and estriol is very, very mild estrogen um, that's very good for hair and skin and vaginas. And um, strangely, the other people who make it are pregnant women, and they think that pregnant women start producing estriol because it protects the fetus from strong estrogens, and that is why pregnant women start glowing because they're getting this wonderful, healthy form of estrogen. And it's made by the liver. So the, uh, once we're postmenopausal, our ovaries make testosterone, our fat cells convert the testosterone to estrogen, and then the, uh, and then the liver creates it to estriol. So you can see that there's a whole natural process going mm-hmm. on there. And as long as you've got all the right vitamins and, and minerals, um, this will all just happen naturally for you. And this is what sort of hasn't been happening for Western, some Western women. Um, and plant hormones play a role here because if you haven't got enough estrogen, it will top you up. And if you've got too much, it will calm you down. And so plant hormones are very balancing. You know, I, I don't want to miss talking to you about this, but you discuss mm. scurvy in the 1800s, <laughs> which, yeah, was, which was a nutritional problem and mm-hmm. how it was treated by the medical community. So tell us something about that. Well, the reason uh, it was a, a kind of fluke when I was doing the research about plant hormones, I found out that the Chinese used to grow mung beans, which are full of plant hormones, but also strangely full of vitamin C, um, and take it on ships to cure scurvy. And that when the Western sailors were having, I think it was a couple of hundred years, we had terrible, terrible problems with scurvy and millions, I don't know if millions, but thousands of sailors died. Uh, the Chinese didn't have this problem because of sprouted mung beans. And then I also discovered that one of the cures that they tried was sprouted cress because sprouted cress is also rich in vitamin C. And both mung beans and cress can cure scurvy, and they also are very good for menopause symptoms. And so I started researching what had happened with scurvy. And what happened is that somebody had, had come along really early on and said do you know what uh you can cure scurvy with um cress which um the wild cress is known as scurvy grass if they really wanted a clue and the medical establishment just said no and we're trying all these ridiculous cures um some of them were you know to make money which is really sad because sailors were dying because they just wouldn't listen. And these yeah. people who were, were making these pronouncements had never even been on a ship. 
and it was apparently well known by many ship's doctors that you could cure uh, scurvy with vegetables because basically they would get into port. The sailors that were very ill would come off and be crawling round the grasses and just stuffing greens into their mouths. Mm. Um, to, and, and within a few days they'd be cured. Yeah. Well, also, so, uh, you mentioned how menopausal women uh, were accused of being depressed, of being afraid mm. of aging, or they were just so spoiled that they had nothing mm. better to do than make up their symptoms. And so HRT was invented and big money was involved and menopause officially became a disease. Not a disease, of course not a disease. It's a passage of the body and hormonal changes necessary as we mature. Yeah. Exactly. And the the thing is about when women were accused of making up these symptoms, mm-hmm. I mean, all women everywhere, it's always the hot flush. And if we were making it up, we wouldn't all make up the same symptom, would we, all over the world? No. You know, and um, I think it, people like, when, when doctors can't understand things, they just go, oh, you're a bit crazy then. Because they're, <laughs> that is you know, very just, true. Yeah, because they're like, oh, well, if I can't understand it, you know, you must be crazy. And then eventually everything gets gets flushed out, and the research is now very much heading towards that way. But with all illnesses as well, I mean, I know um, I was looking at the prostate cancer research, and that's coming out very much now um, about diet. Mm. Um, And if you eat a lot of brassicas, vegetables and if you eat plant hormones it's going to help you so um there's there's lots lots of happening now so hopefully we won't yeah a lot is is happening today i just heard in the news uh that breast cancer um they are not going to be using chemotherapy for people type one because well they've overused that and it causes so many symptoms and so many problems so they're going to be using radiation or removal and that chemo is a last resort uh practice when there's I know. no I other heard hope that too. yes and they're going to just be able today to I, I just heard yeah. that today oh yes yeah. and diet of course diet you know we've yeah. learned that stress causes a lot of problems because it changes the hormonal structure of the body. And, of course, we need to go back to living simpler lives, being more natural, being in nature, listening to music, reading, being more peaceful, exercise, and anything that can reduce stress and uh, and get us back to uh, being in alignment with what the body needs, which comes from the past. We don't have to be so much now here in the present and future that we forget the good things from the past Mm. that really worked for us now you have chapters relaying some successful use of hrt practices and you yourself have a journal in the book that tells about Mm. a lot of the things that you did and how you journaled and observed the results and what worked to help you growing growing my own plant hormones yes and it didn't take that long for it to start to have a good result but there was one person and I don't know if you remember her, but I sort of like this story. Kate Tim? Kate Tim, yes. Okay, tell us that, that story of that woman. Well, she she was only 45, so she wasn't even menopausal yet. She's a friend of mine, and she just said she had horrendous night sweats, and she was terribly um, Hot. Uh, just angry. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, and, and yeah, having an awful, awful time. And I, she asked if I could help, and I said, well, really, I've been, you know, doing this for hot flushes because I'm menopausal, so you're certainly worth, to give it, worth giving it a go. And she was pre-menstrual tension, basically. And it really helped. I don't think it was 100% cure. She's an incredibly busy woman. She has two jobs and three children and a husband. But she managed to grow her own plant hormones, and they made quite a difference. And, that, and I thought that was a great story, and I, I did ask her to write, keep the diary, because I knew if she could do it with her, you know, busy life, jobs, yeah. yeah, that other women could do it as well. Yeah, so, I, I um, wrote it down here, Sally. The routine that she followed seemed to help her a lot. She ground up some flaxseed, like you were saying mm-hmm. before, and sprinkled yep. on Usually, yeah. <laughs> every morning. She sprouted things like red clover, mung beans, and broccoli, and sprinkled it on whatever she was eating. Avocados yeah. were good because there's no parabens. Yeah. Banana bread to keep off processed sugars, and she used a vino instead of Nivea body cream. And the diet included mm-hmm. enough for symptoms to improve. I like that very much, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be sharing that with my daughter and her friends. Oh, that's, re- that's really great. I guess benefit daughter- from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, she has a busy life and very, um, very, mm-hmm. and four and four girls. <laughs> okay, and the thing is, some health food stores do sell sprouted foods. Oh, she's um, very into that, but I don't think she uh, knew exactly why and how much it would help her in terms of uh, menopause. So, uh, right. So I think, yes, they, uh, a lot of the young people are very into diet. So many vegetarians and vegans, and they, they are aware that a simpler diet will be better for them. And uh, yeah. when you're living a busy life, it might not be so easy to adhere to, but in simple ways, maybe we can do some of this. So what would you like readers of Grow Your Own HRT to take away with them after reading your book? Well, I think, first of all, is um, about what you can do to protect your ovaries um, from all the harmful hormones in the environment, in detergent and in plastic, because that's the first line of defense, really, just protecting them Mm. and not using um, certain creams or toiletries, because they're the worst. If you think sitting in um, a, a bath, with some lovely smelly stuff in that's full of um, industrial hormones. Yes. <laughs> it's not such a great idea, is it? No. Or rubbing on your very expensive face cream that's going to reduce your wrinkles but give you an, a dose of horrible chemicals that is going to attack your ovaries. Mm. Um so, I, I mean, one of the things I do in the book is I explain the exact mechanism for how these hormones in the environment do affect us so that women can actually see this is not something vague. This is, this is real. They get in our bodies. They get on our hormone receptors. They send out, sorry, that's my dog barking. They send uh-huh. out the, the wrong signals, you know. Yes. Um, so that's the first thing. And secondly, that um, how important diet is generally for our, all, our, all our health, you know, all the processes in our body, we need um, a good, wholesome diet. And thirdly, is that you can grow 
on your windowsill sprouted foods that are not only full of plant hormones but have lots of vitamins and minerals and trace elements that you might be missing from your diet and it's just so easy it you just have to do a couple of minutes a day watering them and you've got fresh produce you know then you pop them in the fridge for a week um while you grow the next batch um so i hope that because um, I know that, you know, there are lots of books out there and every book you read, just if you can just do one or two steps, because it's got to be workable in your life. Yes. You know, so I hope my, my book will just... I think your women. book does just that. It makes it clear and it shows you how to begin. And uh, I'm very happy that I read it and could share it with people who will ah, benefit thank you. from it. So I, I want to thank you, Sally J. Duffel, for your expertise in an area <laughs> that is attempting to offer natural solutions for many of the complex health issues that modern-day women are dealing with and also for changing thoughts on the issues surrounding menopause. To read more mm-hmm. about this topic and to purchase the book, go to growyourownhrt.com. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, we have seen that by understanding that the body is a complex mechanism of biologic, hormonal, and energetic influences and that often a return to the simple dietary routines of the past using alternative methods known before Western medicine concluded that disease can only be cured or managed by drugs or surgery might just move us past the many illnesses that have developed as a result of the industrial age. We might remember how scurvy was handled by people like James Lind in 1753 when he promoted his lemon cure. He also discussed sprouting mustard and cresses so that ships' companies could grow their own salad crests aboard ships and keep their sailors from developing scurvy. Sprouting is a part of a long European food culture and it's helped keep us healthy for generations. But we must return to essential truths that our fundamental needs as human beings involve good nutrition, plenty of rest, and basic hygiene. Sally wrote, that is the story of menopause too. We industrialized. We stopped eating whole foods. We processed and refined foods. We tried to bring them back through artificial ways, through drugs and supplements. And now we are faced with the fact that we need ways of getting whole foods back into our diets. Human beings are so clever in what we can achieve and so stupid in that we keep forgetting the fundamentals. It's not too late to go back to it all. We can borrow from all the different traditions. We can copy the Chinese and sprout mung beans or alfalfa. We can look to folk medicine and grow red clover, mustards, and cresses. We need to make up for the deficiencies in our diets. Sally and I would have you remember that within all of us, there's a sense of ancient inner wisdom, and within our bodies we have the ability to self-heal. We must allow ourselves to improve our thinking about how to care for ourselves, utilizing the best of herbal, alternative, and modern-day Western medicine to find healthy, simple ways to live well. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, and invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to listen to and read about leaders in the medical alternative health modalities, science, psychology, spiritualism, and the arts and music 
find creative new ways to live and be productive in our ever-changing world. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.